He was an intellectual who advocated action. He was a rebel who fought for tradition. He was an artist who shocked the world. Take a Look Around podcast presents a four-part series for Patreon subscribers. His writing shook the soul. His flamboyance captivated a generation. His vision challenged the conscience of his time. Lost in the Durstverse presents Durst, a life in four chapters. So, Al, did you see that big prestige new metal movie that won Best Picture at the Oscars? Uh, Sean, I don't know what best new metal movie that won... Uh, best picture at the Oscars you are talking about. Wow, you're a fucking moron that lives under a rock. It was this prestige new metal movie. The Bartels couldn't believe how fortunate they were to find Peyton. I adore children, Mrs. Bartel. I love being with them. I, I love taking care of them. For me, it's, it's the next best thing to actually being a mother. But they didn't find her. She seems terrific. What's the catch? There is no catch. I think she's great. She chose them. Their trust. Peyton's been great. Has she? I don't know what we would have done without her. Is her weapon. If something happens to my mommy, you take care of me. Of course I would. Paranoia. People afraid to sleep. Get in bed. Recognizing that many children love violent movies. So motherfuckers are always trying to escape on the game. Take take a look around! Dodge this. Nobody knows what it's like to be at the intersection of new metal and Hollywood. <laughs> Welcome, my name is Shawnee Campion, you are listening to Take a Look Around, uh, the podcast about new metal and cinema, or new Hollywood, as it were. That's right! I'm joined, as always, by my faithful, sexy, and silky co-host, Alistair Bates, or Batesy. Al, give a round of applause to all of you beautiful fans out there. Assalamu alaikum, brothers. I didn't hear you say alaikum salam. Alaikum salam. He said it. Uh, Sean, 
Before we get started, we're going to do what we do every episode, and we need to let the fans, we need to let the people, we need to let Joe Blow on the street know about any upcoming new metal movies that aren't Vin Diesel's blood. Okay, can I get a drum roll, please? <laughs> John Otto, take to the Matthews Bridge. Nothing. There are no new metal movies. <laughs> I ain't got shit. My head is in such pain no! and turmoil. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't even think there's a market for it the right now. It's uh, hit record numbers. I guess stay tuned for next week and we'll find out if there are any upcoming new metal movies. And specifically, prestige new metal films. Oh, yes. Beautiful segue, Sean. We're, we've like worked into this like mid-budget prestige horror mid-budget prestige sci-fi film so why doesn't the big wigs at annapurna and a24 get together with a mud vein with some taproot <laughs> put together a film with some scientists fucking hacking into like a big bank vault that has dracula viruses in it you know why they haven't done why? it Batesy? because in the early 2000s they tried with a little movie that you like to call Gothica. You have a brilliant mind. <gasps> All that education, but you can't remember an umbrella. This film starts at the start, which oh, is uh, usually a pretty good sign place. for <laughs> fantastic place to start. To be <laughs> no such thing as a second impression, so you know the first Shut impression. The that's fuck. where it starts, baby. Before we kick off, let's give a little context to this film. So even our most fair-weathered new metal fans have probably got some kind of background knowledge of Gothica as a film. It was in 2001. Halle Berry was the first African American woman to win the Best Actress Oscar still remains to this day I'm pretty sure actually oh, wow. right after filming a part in Monsters Ball and accepting the Oscar you, she went on to one of the all time st- 
stinkiest runs Stinky. for an actor yeah. in Hollywood. She was in Swordfish, which will be covered in an upcoming episode. She was the Bond girl Jinx in Pierce Brosnan's final final film as James Bond, Die Another Day. That was the first movie I saw in cinemas by myself. Aw, cute! Uh, 11 year old, I took myself to a James Bond movie. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, sorry. And uh, Catwoman? Shortly before Catwoman, she got together with a horny skunk French director to make a little movie called Gothica. Another, I guess, kind of notable thing about this film being quote-unquote prestigious new metal cinema is that it actually has some pretty big names attached to producers. It's got Joel Silver, so most film buffs would know Joel Silver as the mega financier of some of the most successful Warner Brothers franchises. We're talking The Matrix, the Lethal Weapon films. Lethal Weapon is where I came to really know his name. Yeah, uh, Predator, Predator 2. Joel Silver is, has produced more movies than you've had hot dinners. So the film, Halle Berry's talking to Penelope Cruz. Yeah, they're, ha- they're having a session together and Penelope Cruz like immediately is acting all around Halle Berry. She's just like giving it her all. She's a fantastic actress. Yeah. I, I really like her work and it's a real shame that she's playing second billing at this film. God, because... She's like third billing, man. She's like, for somebody who's on the fucking poster she's barely in this film she's giving an impassioned description of her trauma as it goes on chloe who is penelope cruz's character gets a little too excited and is uh pulled out and tranquilized while she's screaming and halle berry just kind of nonchalantly walks out thinking about the foe or the laxa she's gonna have for lunch (laughs) and have a note here she really does not care about the welfare of her patients I don't think this hospital does in general. There seems to be a lot of shady stuff. It's revealed after that scene that Halle Berry's husband... Charles S. Dutton. ...is the uh, the warden of this hospital, and whilst they're in his office, start getting frisky... There's an incredible scene where, as he's feeling up her face, Charles S. Dutton whispers to her... So I'm God. We're just an overworked hospital bureaucrat. Robert Downey Jr. bursts in, and this is RDJ in a pretty bad run. Like The then 31-year-old actor was arrested after police found heroin, cocaine, and a pistol in his car. He later spent a year in prison after violating his parole for that arrest. He was, and it's really strange to see RDJ not being... A, the biggest name, and B, not being the wealthiest man in the world. He's he's like Ducky yeah. from Sixteen Candles in this, or Pretty in Pink. He's like he's like comic relief in this film. Yeah, there's a great line where he uh, asks, as I guess the Ducky character asks Halle Berry out, knowing that she's married to his boss, and she says, "No, I'm busy that night." To which he replies, "That's all right. I have a circumcision appointment." Mom, we're supposed to celebrate. I just got circumcised. The movie really gets rolling when, after her night shift at the hospital, Halle Berry decides to drive home where she crashes her car because she sees the classic creepy girl standing oh, in the middle of the street. This, this was oh, the era it, of the creepy wet girl in a movie. We have The Ring, we've got The Grudge. 2003 was right around the time that J-Horror was popping off. Yeah, absolutely. Miguel grabs Halle Berry's character 
and Halle Berry suddenly wakes up the very mental hospital she was working in, which also seems like a pretty, uh, pretty stupid I have a movie. line here that says, is this fucking Arkham Asylum? <laughs> Who funds this stuff? Why don't they fix the light bulbs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Halle Berry wakes up and she finds out that she is guilty of the murder most heinous, the murder of her husband. That's really kind of it, hey. So Halle Berry just it's, runs around the hospital it's, it's telling not people she's it. not There's crazy. There's several twists to come. <laughs> so first and foremost, this script has a very loose idea of what psychiatry is. Like, first of all, it's shot in what seems to be Arkham Asylum, The Ride, or something like that. And the writer, who just happens... I had to look him up because I was like, who is this goose? Uh, the writer of Snakes on a Plane. Um, de- yeah, delivers oh, really? some truly sketchy deliveries of what psychiatry and law enforcement is. Like, there's an incredible scene. They're discussing what's going on about the patient. And Halle Berry turns to a nurse and says, I want a copy of that on my desk by Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) While typing up Chloe, Penelope Cruz's psych report after their meeting, she types it into the sticky note function on her computer where she writes down, Chloe said, I deserve to be psychotic. I'm so bad. And every character in the film keeps telling Halle Berry, but you're such a brilliant psychiatrist. I think they just don't want her to leave (laughs) because she accepts not very much money at this place. And then there's the whole plot about Robert Downey Jr. trying to help Halle Berry prove that she's innocent while simultaneously romancing her and having a really creepy doctor-patient So yeah, Halle Berry has to prove that she's not insane while she's in the insane asylum. The monkeys are running the zoo, everybody! So there's a there's what's supposed to be a big set piece is where she goes into this massive communal shower where oh, all of yeah. what the hell is where all that? the woman patients are all just standing in a room getting hosed get and rubbing themselves <laughs> yeah. like a Garnier Fructus commercial <laughs> and Halle Berry starts seeing the wet creepy girl out of the corner of her eye and freaks out everyone and causes a stampede. Yeah, and then she gets cut up. And the cut-up says not alone. Which I'm assuming was the original title of the script. Like, at no point does anyone say Gothica with a K in yeah, this movie. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, why is this movie called Gothica? <laughs> with a K, no less. It's not even a word. Yeah. <laughs> so the big, big twist, which was kind of... I don't know if it was signposted, but my partner, she guessed it straight away, was like, oh, what's the bet that the uh, husband was doing some creepy shit with with a girl? Oh, well, I didn't get that at all. My first thought was that the guy from Game of Thrones did it. I was like, why is this guy in it? Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's some really ridiculous sequences where they have just as little concept of psychiatry as they do law enforcement. Yeah. For instance, John Carroll Lynch, who's normally a fantastic actor, is absolutely chewing up the scenery yeah. in this as this, like, dopey small-town sheriff who was best friends 
conference with Charles S. Dutton and proceeds to interview her and then break down after two questions demanding, why did you do it? Why did you kill my best friend? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, fuck, man. The, this movie has so many shifts of gear, but the, the huge big gear shift is that it is all revealed that she's being haunted because wet creepy girl was molested by the sheriff and by her husband and they'd both been doing that for years and years and years it's it's not particularly like Shyamalan worthy is it? it's a really cheap and gross twist that just it comes out of absolutely nowhere it, there's no setup to it she just remembers something he said off the cuff while yeah. she's escaping the place and then decides to check it out and it's a girl with a dragon tattoo fucking rape basement it's, yeah it's, the classic it's tripod really, and mattress on the floor yeah it's, it's really repulsive as a as a twist and yeah this, i think it cheapens what is already a yeah, cheap this movie. movie that is one word for it it's a cheap cheap fucking movie it's incredibly tacky and it's so insane because i feel like this movie probably had what a four times the irregular amount spent on like the budget would have been four times fucking anything else we'd seen so far absolutely and there's some really like bizarre choices throughout it for instance uh the casting of Halle Berry I mean she was just off an Oscar which is why she was probably cast yeah. in the role but she is just I don't know she's on Prestige or Lexapro or something yeah. like she is she is sleepwalking through this yeah, film. She's literally looking right down the camera camera barrel, <laughs> just glassy eyed and drooling. It's it's this fucking sucked, man. This was such a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, after like blowing the lid on this big molesting conspiracy, it, it almost appears as if they just decide that she didn't kill her husband, and she just gets the chill in the county jail while no one's there. They're like, oh, you can just you can just let yourself out, and uh, no one's there. And John Carroll Lynch, the small town sheriff, comes to investigate what's going on and talk to her about it. He reveals that he's the creepy tattooed man seeing in her visions. And as he rips off his chest and reveals his tattoos that look like he plays for the Gold Coast Titans, um, he proceeds to go <laughs> nuts and start stalking her around the now empty county jail. And and for so, and for some reason, like there's a gas main that's been blown, and we get some oh, of the yeah. worst CGI <laughs> fire I have ever seen. <laughs> It's what marvelous. is incredible, though, is that final sequence where she shoots him and he bursts into flame. The ghost girl appears and John Carroll Lynch sees her. This is illogical. You're already dead. <laughs> so, yeah, like, oh, dude, before, before we wrap up on the plot, we get... <laughs> Penelope Cruz's character has now been cured. Being crazy. <laughs> uh, Halle Berry meeting up on the outside. Halle Berry sees a little boy ghost. Uh, <laughs> and then the movie just ends with the ghost boy getting run over by a van, and it, now she's some kind of ghost detective. <laughs> <or> <laughs> then we are treated to, I want to say, like the Imagine of the New Metal World, which is Limp Biscuit's cover of Behind Blue Eyes by The Who. So, this had an interesting production to it, in that 
a, a lot of the names that have been attached are a pretty big deal. For instance, Al, you were saying... Yeah, so I guess what this movie kind of has compared to other new metal movies we've watched, this movie is quite prestigious in the fact that it has the big EP stamp from Robert Zemeckis, who is the Dean Koontz to Steven Spielberg's as Stephen King. He is <laughs> just a, a big number two. Like, feel like... Ron Howard is now the new Robert Zemeckis, but it, it, it just that classic journeyman film director. Robert Zemeckis, most famous, of course, for the Back to the Future franchise. And Forrest Gump, yeah. And, and um, Who gives a fuck about Forrest Gump? <laughs> I know, right? I, I was talking about this the other day. I feel like that is a movie that inserted itself into popular culture and didn't actually like rightfully gain a place in popular culture. There's a, there's just... a great gag about... It's funnier to pretend that the Grateful Dead are just this running joke amongst music journalists and not an actual band. <laughs> That's how I feel about Forrest Gump's place yeah, in like sure, the man. film canon. But uh, not only did this film have like prestigious producers and a prestigious cast, uh, Sean, you enlightened me to the fact that the director of this film is kind of a very highly regarded French film celebrity. Well, yeah, um, this is directed by, I'm going to say, Mathieu Cassavetes, <laughs> uh, oh, who um, is most famous in film circles for directing La Haine, a fantastic yeah, film. so crazy. About the aftermath of a riot in France where... Where we are where we follow the lives of three multicultural youths throughout the slums of France, all leading to a very, very dark conclusion. It's a fantastic film. It's very much a slice of life. You know, I, I just think of him as a horny skunk bastard, and I'm looking forward to that country going down the tubes. So the funny thing about Matthew Cassidyitz is that he almost was as ready to reject himself as a prestigious auteur as quickly as he developed it. After yeah. making La Haine, he went on to direct a French airport novel called The Crimson Rivers or Les Rivers Pourpers, <laughs> also starring Vincent Cassel and Jean Reno, which oh, is awesome. a fantastic film and is literally just the French girl with the dragon tattoo. It came out in the year 2000 and looks and acts in insanely modern like it, it could have easily been made in that wake of airport novel craze after the da vinci code and it holds up in terms yeah. of how it looks way better than say the born identity or something from the same era there's a actually a, a fantastic quote from vincent cassell when asked about working with matthew cassavet on the Crimson Rivers, which I feel could also be applied to his work on Gothica, which is, I cannot help explain the film because I didn't understand it. We cut out everything in the film that was explanatory, therefore boring. You end up with a film that's not boring, but you do not understand it at all. <laughs> you sound more like fucking Dracula than a French Was that not a good French accent? <laughs> I, uh, Oh no, we're keeping that. That's you sound. It wasn't me. That that's that's what Vincent Cassell sounds like. That that's a that's a recording of Vincent Cassell. Oh no. Whatever. Macron's fucking tanked that country. France is done for. Forget about France. So, uh, 
This film also holds a pretty prestigious cinematographer who is probably the only guy that walked away scot-free from this production, uh, is Matthew Libertek, who is Darren Aronofsky's go-to cinematographer. Uh, in between working on uh, Gothica, he was the cinematographer for Joel Schumacher's Tigerland, and a few years later he would go on to do Black Swan, which are two of two beautifully shot films. If instead of watching Gothica, you should walk away watching Tigerland and Black Swan. Uh, his new metal chops, however, is that he is uh, most famous in the music video world for directing the film clip "Too Cold" by Static X, best known as being the sterling track that is on the soundtrack and the trailer for Queen of the Damned, the first film that we covered on this beautiful, stupid podcast. Uh, Oh, boy. The soundtrack for this film, despite having a very prominent new metal song, I think it might be one of Limp Bizkit's, like, three or four number one singles, the film is notably not a new metal film it, it's late in new metal canon's run yeah this is kind of yeah 2003 is towards the end of the new metal era and it, of course it's it's limp biscuit trying something very new they're trying a ballad and you know you know yeah. what now i really like behind blue yes. eyes by limp biscuit i think it's great yeah i think it's a good cover man i think I know that uh, a central a central part of this show is about Fred Durst. You will not hear a bad word about the Behind Blue Eyes cover from me. <laughs> it's just, I remember hearing the Who version of it years later. It's like, so shit, sucks, man. Where's like the cool? <laughs> where's where's the, the cool like syncopated yeah, yeah, drum machine? DJ scratching that come and in. like the Casio tone doing like the L. Yes, the speaking spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that shit's so cool. Is uh, the film clip is notable for Fred Durst being shirtless in the hospital singing Behind Blue Eyes to Halle Berry, and they have an embrace and a very long smooch in the film. I think the film clip's bigger than the song itself, for sure. Yeah, for sure, because the film clip had Fred Durst like tongue deep inside of Halle Berry's smooch <laughs> arena. Like it's, it's a, it's a quite a graphic and sloppy kiss, but I mean that I, like does. New metal get any more prestige than making out with Halle Berry for three minutes? <laughs> and in, in the time predating the twenty-four hour news cycle and memes, the Limp Biscuit Behind Blue Eyes film clip was, you know, it was a big deal at the time. It was before memes, we just had to wait till the MTV Movie Awards gave us a year in review and yeah. made fun of it. Yeah, this this video I think that's probably the takeaway from this film is that the most important part of its contribution to pop culture is a Limp Bizkit music video. <laughs> <laughs> Swing and a miss, Joel Silver. <laughs> I first saw this film when it came out. I saw it in cinemas. It was the first horror film I saw. I got dumped by my girlfriend, my very first girlfriend after seeing Gothica, because I was wearing a Marilyn Manson shirt, and on the way into the session... A whole bunch of like classic mid two thousand Central Coast bullies are like, "Hey, you're a, a 
a, a homophobic slur that's three letters. Oh, I was no. just like, whatever, man, Marilyn Manson rocks. And then, that happened to me once when I took a girl to Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because like I love horror movies, but when I go see them, or when I watch them, I'm a very um, vocal person who's just like ah when i get scared girl don't go upstairs oh, no. <laughs> anyway she was so embarrassed by me being like ah in the movie <laughs> and that after that she was just like nah i can't do can't do this anymore so gothica for what, me is a what was her name uh i'm not gonna say her name uh <laughs> all right if you're lit if you're she's listening absolutely to this not listening she's like uh She's married and has like three or four kids now, I'm pretty sure. If you're listening to this, we want you on the pod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck your stupid kids and yeah. your husband. Yeah, I bet you're real happy now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so we've given you not only a review, we've given a bit of personal history, but now we've got to give it the most important thing. The bodies hit the floor score. The bodies hit the floor score. The bodies hit the floor score. Okay, I am going to give this one single body, but it's not the body that's hitting the floor. <laughs> it's a flaming car that the body has flipped over because Emmanuel Macron has banned uh, sleeping with a woman that looks like oh, your daughter. I give this film probably... Oh, fuck, man. I don't know. I don't know. Can I give it, like, zero bodies hitting the floor? Because maybe two for the amount of eyes that uh, Fred Durst is behind. Okay. <laughs> it's it's yeah, your man. score, dude, if you want to uh, do that. I don't know, man. This movie pained me. I'm, I'm going to go with Sean's one. This sucked. <laughs> I feel like I should just, like, record me saying, this sucked, and just have it on. Like, just drop it in. This, 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 this sucked. Six degrees of dust. 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 Shag my friends tonight. Anyway, now we've given it the bodies at the floor score. I gotta plug in the computer. Actually, you know what? Fuck the computer. I can count on fingers today. We're going off top. <laughs> this film has a Fred Durst rating of one because of the Behind Blue Eyes video clip. So, yeah. Ah, didn't really together. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be the uh, nice. the loosest connection. Actually, the closest connection we've had, and probably will be until we watch Fred Durst's films. Speaking of we are look really looking forward to a project we've been working on behind the scenes after next week's episode which we're not going to reveal but i think everyone listening will be very excited for we are going to start begging for money through <laughs> artistic licensing platform patreon in return for providing us a lowly sum that we will beg for crumbs for Please. you will be treated to four episodes of our limited series lost in the durst verse where we cover the artistic work of fred durst in the medium <laughs> of cinema yeah 
Not only is he the greatest rapper alive, but Fred Durst is also one of the most talented and beautiful cinematographers and directors. What a lot of our listeners might not know is that Fred Durst has actually directed three films and quite a number of music videos that I think you will have seen, not to mention he was also in Zoolander. Yeah. So please stay tuned. After Lost in the Durstverse, we will be contributing a premium episode each week in tune with our regular episode that will follow a different theme to New Metal Cinema, and that theme will change month to month. So we really look forward to taking the listeners on a journey. And also... I would just love for freaking money, baby. <laughs> Can you spare a dime online? Man, yeah, Gothica, this sucks, sure. Yeah, what a piece of dump. I guess I'm trying to figure out how to do an outro for this. Why don't our listeners follow us on the internet? Yes, uh, you guys can find us on Take a Look Around uh, on Instagram, uh, Take a Look Around Pod on Twitter, and the take no take a look around podcasts on facebook Am none of that, that right? was right you can you can follow <laughs> us as take a look pod on twitter take a look around pod on instagram and take a look around the podcast <laughs> on facebook soon to be followed by a patreon page we'd love to hear from you and we'd even more love to hear from your money thanks everyone yeah <laughs> thanks everyone uh al what song do we want to finish on um, can we um I'm just going to go straight off the top of my dome and I'm not going to let you edit this if we can't find it. I want to hear a Brazilian teenager covering Behind Blue Eyes on YouTube. Yeah, we can do that. That'll, that'll exist. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Bye-bye. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man be the sad man behind blue eyes no one else what it's like to be here to be faded to tell all the lies but my dreams that all this empty